heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have a wrap-up interview with SARM President Ray Orb, who discusses some of the key resolutions at this week's annual convention in Saskatoon. We also have details on a SARM panel discussion on world tax concerns and the oil industry. We have the latest Sasquweed outlook and a look at markets this week. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Rural health care, crime, and revenue sharing were among the key issues discussed at the SARM annual meeting, which wrapped up yesterday in Saskatoon. President Ray Orb says there were over 1,000 delegates from rural Saskatchewan in attendance. Well, it was a great convention. Uh, you know, uh, Prairieland Park is a great place to have a convention in Saskatoon. We had uh, over 1,300 delegates registered, and I think at uh, a few points during the convention, we had closer to 1,500 people in, in the assembly hall. And so it was a great interaction, you know, especially during the bear pit session. I think that's always kind of the highlight, you know. The premier gets to speak first of all, and then we go right into the bear pit session. So there were a lot of really good interactions there between our delegates and the cabinet ministers. What were some of the key issues raised in the bear pit session? Well, you know, the same concerns over wildlife, wildlife depredation tags, you know, and there was a resolution passed later on uh, that day, you know, about the uh, about the tags. And so what's happening around Road Saskatchewan, I think a lot of people know this, but there are a lot of uh, deer, elk, kind of uh, moose in some, in some cases, getting into farmers' yards, particularly into their haystacks or grain bags, because, you know, we had a lot of snow earlier on this season, and a lot of freezing rain, and so the animals are really having a struggle to find enough food. So unfortunately, they're going into farmers' yards. So the premier did mention that during the bear pit that they were going to do something to provide depredation tags, and they're going to work with SARM, and we're hoping to work, you know, with the um, Ministry of Environment to be able to uh, allocate some depredation tags out of rural Saskatchewan where they're really needed right now. What other key resolutions? I know healthcare and rural crime are always an issue. Yeah, of course, you know, healthcare is always a, always a big issue, and that, you know, that came up during the bear pit as well. There were lots of questions directed towards the Minister of Health and the Minister of Remote Health as well, you know, trying to make sure that we not only get doctors and nurses out into rural Saskatchewan, but also, you know, nurse practitioners, you know, emergency service people, paramedics, you know, all the other staffing uh, people that they need out in the rural clinics and the rural hospitals. And that message resounded loud and clear. And, you know, the Ministry of Health, you know, they're they're reaching out to SARM now and we're actually going to be meeting next week just prior to the budget. And uh, they want to talk to us about some action items that they've got uh, ready to go right now. So those kind of things, you know, uh, 
it's normal for a convention to talk about rural health, but this year there was a really stronger focus on that. And I think that's because, you know, the province is bringing that to front and centre as well. And we just really need to work together on that. One resolution that did stand out, I think, the importance of it, you know, can't be overstated, is the tax ratio changes that the province is uh, bringing in. So particularly in the heavy oil region, the northwest part of Saskatchewan, you know, there are lots of RMs up there that are under a lot of pressure right now, especially for, you know, the oil companies coming in. You know, they're doing a lot of road damage. That's kind of the normal kind of thing for oil companies because they run 24-7 and rain or shine. So uh, the provinces, is, they're looking at, they're pushing the uh, RMs to kind of toe the line and to actually uh, use a lower ratio. So what it will mean there will be tax shifts. In some cases, arms may have to cut back in their services. So we're still working with that group, and we want to develop kind of an ongoing strategy to try and convince the province to back off and at least to give them time to mitigate the, the issue. Also asking if the province does do it, that the province will compensate some of the arms financially until they can get in a position where they, they can adhere to the guidelines, actually to the regulations. What were your thoughts on the province's efforts to help battle rural crime? Well, you know, we, we had a good discussion not too long ago with Minister Tell in particular about the new Marshalls program. And, you know, we're still a little concerned about that, but it looks like now, you know, the province is going ahead with that program. Uh, they're going to be bringing in, I believe, around 70 officers that will do marshal duties. And we've been reassured that they are going to be working with the RCMP to complement the RCMP. They're not there to replace the RCMP, but we're also hearing from the RCMP that they need more funding as well. So I'm hoping perhaps, you know, Wednesday is our budget day. Maybe there will be something in there for the RCMP. And I know the RCMP has been asking for about $20 million a year, more than what they're getting now. So that could go towards some officers, but also towards administration, which I think they're really looking for right now. Ray Orb is the president of SARM. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spawley on 620 CKRM. A key question at this week's SARM Bear Pit session dealt with the tax load between the agriculture and the oil sectors in about 20 rural municipalities, mostly in northwestern Saskatchewan. The question comes from Jerry Ritz, the Reeve for Mervyn, and the reply was made by Don McMorris, the Minister of Government Relations. The response has been edited for clarity and time. Now you've come down with a policy that says we can no longer charge a nine times the base rate, we have to drop to seven on that same oil and gas sector, which will cost us again about that $16 million. Now, heavy oil is not a zero-sum game. It takes a lot more road maintenance, it takes a lot more fire and police safety. When we pushed back to your departments and to your office, Mr. Premier, we were told we're going to have to raise those taxes on our ag sector, farmers and ranchers. You already know what kind of duress that they're facing. And I'm wondering how you can rationalize and make it reasonable that my farmers and ranchers should be putting up the subsidies and bonuses for these oil patch executives. You referenced the 9 to 1 ratio. What you are referencing there is the mill rate factor. What can happen is we're throwing around two terms, the mill rate factor and the effective tax rate. And those are two different things. When you talk about 9 to 1, that is the mill rate factor. And I'm sure most everybody in this room knows that. When we talk about 7 to 1, we're talking about the effective tax rate. And the effective tax rate is not only the mill rate, but it's the base tax, it's a minimum tax, 
all those other taxes that are factored in. And when you factor all those taxes in, the rate was nowhere close to 9 to 1. In fact, there are municipalities that would be at 20 to 1. Uh, in other words, uh, oil and gas would be paying 20 times what either ag or residential were paying. That is a huge discrepancy. We understand, and it was made very, very clear, and I couldn't agree more with the RMs in the Northwest, that hauling heavy oil, extracting heavy oil, comes with much greater cost on the infrastructure. I understand that the impact is great to those municipalities. It's about 5% of the total municipalities in the province that are being affected by this. We understand that, and that's why we have changed. Uh, it comes into effect in the 23-24 fiscal year, but we've been very clear with the municipalities that it can be phased in. We're not going to punish any municipality that are at 18 to 1 to get down to 7 to 1 in the first year. That is unrealistic. They're going to need to work with the companies that are damaging the roads in, that, in their area, whether it's a road maintenance agreement or special levies, uh, look at their expenses. There are a number of things that municipalities have at their hands to try and move to seven to one. If it's going to take one year, two years, three years, and I guess in one of the uh, sessions I said even four years, we want municipalities to come forward and work with the ministry to get the effective tax rate down to a seven to one because we know uh, you, you may say, and I heard it yesterday, well, you're catering to the oil companies. Well, we made this change, and the oil companies aren't happy with us because they lobbied hard to have it two to one. So this isn't to cater to the companies, but it's to have a fair and ex equitable tax rate that will continue to attract investment. That was part of the Cabinet Bear Pit session yesterday at the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities Convention in Saskatoon. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. We have a new farm feature called AgriView with Doug Falconer of GX94. It's brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The B.C. government has announced $5 million in funding to help protect farms from animal diseases, including bird flu, swine fever, and foot and mouth disease. Agriculture Minister Pam Alexis says the investment will provide B.C. farmers and ranchers with the support to better prepare for disease outbreaks and respond more quickly. It will support industry associations with a variety of activities, including business planning, research, biosecurity measures, and equipment purchases needed to respond to an animal disease outbreak. The new funding was announced amid an outbreak of avian flu that has killed millions of domestic poultry since it began last April. The Silcoton National Government says it wants the B.C. and federal governments to revoke all permits and licenses issued to a cattle firm after its owner recently pleaded guilty to Fisheries Act violations. The First Nation says Felix Schellenberg admitted in February to destroying fish habitat and infilling fish channels around the Kleena Clean and Little Chilcotin rivers. It says Schellenberg owns the business Pasture to Plate and the Rafter 25 Ranch and was fined $460,000 in addition to remediation costs for the habitat destruction. Chief Joe Alphonse 
says Schellenberg destroyed kilometers of important Chinook salmon habitat to expand a hay field. Feather industry officials are calling for extreme caution among poultry farmers after cases of highly pathogenic avian influenza turned up at two southern Ontario properties in the past week. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says it has confirmed cases of the virus detected last Friday in a backyard poultry flock in the municipality of Chatham-Kent, about 80 kilometres west of Windsor. And Tuesday this week, in a commercial poultry barn in the township of West Lincoln, about 35 kilometres southeast of Hamilton. The CFIA set up restricted zones around the affected properties this week. The Ontario cases were two of just three to have been confirmed in domestic birds in Canada since early February. The third was in a backyard poultry flock in southern Nova Scotia's Yarmouth County, detected March 4th. The United Nations backed Turkey and Ukraine by calling for a 120-day rollover of an agreement allowing the safe export of grain from several Ukrainian black seaports after Russia said it would only extend the pact for 60 days. The pact is due to expire tomorrow. It was brokered with Russia and Ukraine by the United Nations and Turkey in July and renewed in November to combat a global food crisis that was fueled in part by Moscow's full-scale invasion of neighboring Ukraine and blockade of its Black Sea grain exports. But Russia's foreign ministry says the deal is being extended for only 60 days. Senior UN and Russian officials met in Geneva on Monday to discuss extending the grain deal. China will step up buying of domestic soybeans by state reserves to encourage farmers to keep planting the crop as Beijing continues to push for greater self-sufficiency in oilseed. China started to increase soybean planting a year ago amid worries about its heavy reliance on imports of protein-rich beans that feed its huge herd of livestock. But after boosting planting by 22% last year, farmers struggled to sell their crop which is priced higher than genetically modified imported soybeans and predominantly sold for food use. China will guide its state stockpiler to plan new purchases of domestically produced soybeans in a couple of producing regions. It says the stockpiler should increase the intensity of purchase and storage, release positive signals, and make use of the role of market guidance. Hexo Corporation's chief executive says he's seen a price war take shape over the last five months that could cause significant damage to Canada's cannabis industry. Charlie Bowman says there are many smaller and independent pot retailers that are bleeding because of the higher number of rivals and their tendency to undercut one another. He says the industry's pricing troubles have been compounded by the illicit market which Bowman noticed had fantastic growth this year, challenging licensed cannabis producers. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. 
drop in, no point but necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, wind northwest 20, the high minus 13, the low minus 25. Saturday, clearing sky, wind southwest 20, the high minus 6, the low minus 15. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 7, the low minus 11. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 13. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 8, the low minus 10. Wednesday, partly cloudy and high minus 2, the low minus 10. Thursday, partly cloudy and a high forecast of 0. The normal high for this date is plus 1. The normal low, minus 11. The sun rose at 7.09 this morning. It sets at 7.05 tonight. And currently, around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at minus 1 degree. The cold spot, Melfort, at minus 18. Estevan and Saskatoon, minus 14. Swift Current, minus 9. Weyburn and Yorkton, both minus 15. In Regina, sunny and minus 15. That's 5 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 19. Humidity, 72%. The barometer rising, 103.4. Sunny in Moose Jaw, minus 16. Winds are from the west-northwest at 17. Once again, Regina, sunny and minus 15. That's 5 above Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Stats Canada says Canada exported a record amount of Durham wheat during the month of January. Sask Wheat Market Analyst Michael Wilton says over 808,000 tons of Durham were shipped out in the first month of this year. He says the record is especially strong for January when Canadian Durham exports are usually at their seasonal low. In the significant purchases and trades last week, Turkey bought 750,000 tons of March to May delivery wheat in their scheduled tender on Tuesday from Ukraine and Russia. Saudi Arabia is tendering for 480,000 tons of wheat. In some of the most important news that happened in the wheat markets, we had a USDA report last week. The USDA report raised global wheat production by 5 million tons from last month. The increase was led by a 2.4 million ton increase in Kazakhstan production and a surprise 1 million ton increase in India. Production in Kazakhstan has climbed to 16.4 million tons, or 40% more than last year. India's crop is expected to be 104 million tons, which is 5% less than last year. India's government is currently forecasting a 112 million ton crop, which is far too high. The entirety of the 5 million ton increase in global wheat production was offset by 5 million tons of smaller beginning stocks. Smaller beginning stocks came as a result of higher feed demand in China in the 2020-21 crop season. The USDA raised global consumption by 2 million tons, and exports were seen 1 million tons higher, now 6% above last year. Overall, ending stocks were 2.1 million tons lower than last month at 267 million tons, down 2% from last year. And now, over to Canada. 
Canadian wheat exports in January were 1.9 million tonnes, according to Statistics Canada. This was the second highest monthly volume so far this marketing year. Japan was the largest customer, followed by Peru at 219,000 tonnes and 215,000 tonnes respectively. Chinese imports in January were down to 169,000 tonnes. This was only 40% of the average monthly volume they have been doing so far this year. However, with that said, their total wheat imports as of January are 368% more than this time last year. In the weekly exports, week 31 saw another large 464,000 tons of exports for a season total of 4.7 million tons, up 67% from last year. Producer deliveries were also strong last week, which allowed visible supplies to remain large, above 3 million tons. For Durham, we expected January Durham exports from Canada were strong, but Stats Canada showed a very impressive 808,000 tons of Durham being exported in January 2023. This was a record monthly amount, and especially strong for January, when Canadian Durham exports are usually at their seasonal low. The two major importers of Canadian Durham in January were Algeria and Tunisia, who bought 277,000 tons and 108,000 tons of Durham respectively. Durham exports in week 31 were smaller at 68,000 tons. Producer deliveries were strong, however, at 170,000 tons as exporters build stocks for the spring shipping season. Visible supply rose to 673,000 tons over the week. We are 20% sold new crop Durham. There is some strong local demand by exporters who have a new crop program on. In these cases, we would get up to 40% sold. Wilton also had some details on the latest shipments from the Black Sea area where Russia's invasion of Ukraine has affected grain movement. Russia continues to export wheat at a remarkable pace. Russian wheat exports have reached 33 million tons, and some think they could reach as much as 46 million tons this season. This compares to the USDA's unchanged export number of 43.5 million tons. Wilton says renewal of the Russian-Ukraine grain export deal will be neutral to negative for markets. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com A grain analyst says markets are showing a lot of volatility this week. Pro-market communications analyst Errol Anderson of Calgary says issues around the world banking system have forced a drop in commodity prices like canola and oil. Well, I guess uh, the root cause um, is is definitely the global credit crisis and, and certainly the problems with the banking system globally, both in, in the United States uh, and in Europe. And uh, it's a bit of a domino effect. Once the credit markets get squeezed, then you see the leverage start to peel out of this market and the longs get caught, loans are called in, and before you know it, you have some serious liquidation. And um, the central banks really continue, in my view, to add fuel to this because they continue to hike rates. And the ECB in Europe today hiked rates a further one half percent. So 
so that's really uh, pouring fuel on this because um, uh, the debt costs are skyrocketing. And to me, the inflation story is not the issue. The, the issue to the markets right now is debt. And uh, the central bankers are simply making it worse. So uh, it's been a domino effect. It's, it's fel- uh, felt into the crude oil market now. The crude oil prices this past week have dropped 20%. So, you know, we've moved from that $80 zone uh, with the April contract now approaching $65. And that's placed uh, the Alberta price on uh, Western Canadian Select down below $50 a barrel. So, uh, you know, again, that's well below the uh, uh, budget for the Alberta government. Anderson is concerned that if the central banks continue to raise interest rates, it will plunge North America into a recession. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And also, time now for the grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading. Canola fell $8.40 at $7.37.82. Number one red spring wheat rose $4.02 at $3.95.91. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $4.58.38. Feed barley three sixty two fifty eight, chickpeas ten fifty eight twenty two, flax five sixty six ninety eight, oats two fifteen thirty two, yellow peas four twenty seven eighteen, and feed wheat two eighty nine fifty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for May is up seven and a half cents at eight fifty six and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. This week, the cow market was stronger again. Good to see these big, strong cows, $1.33 to $1.41. Sales right up to $1.43. The medium cows, 120 to 132 The big bulls, 140 to 164 on them top, top end. That's good coin from last November. 1,200 yearlings on offer at our Tuesday, March 21st sale with tens of replacement quality heifers on offer this year. Looks like the time to breed them. Nobody else is doing it. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And today's Saskatchewan pork prices, $202.74 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Mo government has announced some changes to provincial fees. A new wolf hunting license is being introduced as an add-on to the non-resident outfitter big game hunting license, effective September 1st. The license fee will be $200. The resident wolf hunting license remains at $55, and residents will have access to the wildlife management zones that will become available to non-residents for hunting wolves. The overall revenue gain is estimated at $50,000.
The province is also changing access fees for the comparable land sales database. It's where the public can purchase reports of farmland sold within a specified area. Changes are being made to the service delivery model to adhere with the data privacy provisions of the Land Titles Act. The Ministry of Agriculture will keep current users informed as the work progresses and make an announcement once the changes have been implemented later this year. Overall provincial revenue will drop $171,000 in the coming year. On the markets today, the TSX is down 155 points at 19,383. The Dow has fallen 359 points to 31,887. Oil has dropped to $1.93 at 66.42 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 72.80 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM.